Hey, good morning, everybody. My family and I are taking some time away together just to get recharged and refreshed on some vacation. In fact, currently, we're spending the weekend at the beach with my entire family. That's 13 adults, 13 kids. Uh, We're having a great time for sure. I would love it, though, if you thought about us just sometime during the week. Would you just pray for my family and I? Especially for my wife and my kids. We deeply value your prayers. I got to tell you, though, I'm a little bit jealous uh, because today you get the privilege of hearing from Clayton Whitson as he preaches God's Word. Clayton and his wife Maria have three really awesome boys, and they're, they're really key parts of our faith church family as they serve in various ways. Uh, two fun facts about Clayton that you probably didn't know. One, he used to be a youth pastor in another city. And the second fun fact is this, he's the one responsible for making sure our sermon notes are published on version each and every week. So all the cool things that we see on version that's, that's all his work. Clayton is a great friend, he's passionate about people, and his love for Jesus runs really deep. He's continuing our series, Summer of Wisdom, and he has a great message for you right out of the book of Proverbs chapter 3. I want you to get ready, lean in, take some notes, say amen a lot. In fact, would you just go ahead and stand and let's give some love to Clayton Whitson as he brings God's word. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. All right, you can have a seat. I do feel famous, but it's a... We have a wonderful pastor, don't we? He really loves us. And uh, I know that uh, if, if he didn't know that it's healthy to take breaks with your own family to recharge, he would be here with us. So, and uh, I know he mentioned to, uh, to pray for him, and that is certainly true. But go ahead and barrage his social media, his, his Instagram, Twitter, say, hey, we really missed you. This other guy was preaching. He's not quite the same, you know. But really give it up and, and, and lean into him, too, as he's gone and praying for his family. He would really, I think, appreciate that. So um, anyway, well, like you said, my name is Clayton Whitson, and I get to uh, share a little bit this morning. And I'm really excited uh, to be able to do this. And uh, it's so good to see familiar faces. I know I've touched base with a few of you that are praying for me. And, and, uh, and so I hope you've been praying because you know you get what you pray for, right? So anyway. So um, so we are going to continue in our summer series of wisdom, and before we get into that, um, as I was praying and just kind of sitting before the Lord, I was like, okay, Jesus, what do you want to say? And this is a simple kind of, I'm going to give you the invitation now instead of at the end, so that's kind of cool. So spoiler alert, um, but what I heard him say was, I want my people closer. And so the message that we're going to hear about is about proximity. That's the title of the message is proximity and why it's critical that we get in close proximity with Jesus. So, uh, so before we get into that, I want to kind of share, uh, I want to confess something before you. Um, as you mentioned, I was a youth pastor for, for over seven years. I grew up in the church, and sometimes when you're in that place, Sometimes you don't feel like you can admit that you don't understand what the Bible's saying. Does anybody ever read a passage and like, I have no idea what's going on here? Anybody? Okay, good. So we're in good company. Well, there's a particular passage that I actually, it actually made me a little upset, okay? And so I'm going to share that bit with you, and then I'm going to tell you why I was upset and kind of and fully impact that a little bit. So this is a story 
uh, in Exodus. Most of you who have been in church for any amount of time are probably familiar with this story. It's the story of Moses and the burning bush. Great story. You can preach a lot on lots of different things out of there. But it actually made me mad. And I'm going to tell you why. So Exodus 2 is the story of Moses. Pretty much sums up his whole life in one chapter. So that's cool. But then the real story begins, right? So he went, if you don't know the story, he was um, orphaned on purpose, uh, was taken into the palace and made some bad choices. He had to run away and he turned into a shepherd, right? So he was in the wilderness for, um, for a long time. And then God came and encountered him. Now, this is what upset me, okay? Um, In Exodus 3, uh, this is the burning bush portion, okay, right? He's out there shepherding. There's a burning bush, and he hears this voice, Moses. Now, I'm not sure if it really sounded like that, you know, the God voice, but that's what Hollywood portrays it, right? So, in my mind, this was, this was was a long time ago when I was, you know, I was growing up in the church, and I would hear this. I'd get really mad. I'm like, God. Well, I haven't got to the part that made me mad. So, he, so here's, here's the God voice, Moses. And Moses is like, I am right here. And then, he's, and then God says, stop. Do not come near. I'm like, who does that? Who calls you and then says, stop, don't come near? Except unless you're my two-year-old son. Um, if you know any two-year-olds, they can't say anything once. Dad, dad, dad. And so I come in there and he learned this new word about six weeks ago. It's never mind, and he practices it often. <laughs> dad, dad, dad. Come in the other room. Yes? Never mind. <laughs> so, anyway, I, do, I don't believe God was doing that because he says, do not come here. Remove your sandals from your feet for the place on which you're standing is holy ground. Now, what that did in me, it showed a distant God who was more worried about Moses worshiping him than he was about the condition of Moses. And that really upset me because of my own heart and my proximity to God. And I want to, as we go through this, I'm going to, I want to kind of continue to unpack that. So, um, so let's get to our Summer Wisdom series. Uh, the Lord led me to uh, Proverbs, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Now, I'm a pretty simple guy, so when I go to church, I need three parts and a promise. So that's what we've got today, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. There's three parts and a promise. And um, so I'm going to read Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and we're going to go line by line and kind of talk a little bit about it. So the first one is, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Now, how many of you want to know you've got a straight and good path with the Lord? Okay, right? That's why we're here. Okay, that's why we have the book of wisdom, so we know the path. All right? So let's start with the first one, though. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Everybody say that with me. Trust in the Lord. That's the easy part, right? With all your heart. All right? So if I said, how many of you trust in the Lord? Probably a lot of people. I even know some non-believers who trust in the Lord. They just haven't surrendered their life fully to him because that's the all your heart part, right? Okay, so um, so trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's what I want to talk about this first part. Now, obviously, there's different levels of trust, right? I was watching you as you came in, and I noticed nobody was checking the chairs before you sat down, right? You believed that that chair was going to hold you, right? Okay, nobody was like, unless you sat in three chairs prior and they, you fell and broke them, then you would be checking the chairs. 
but trust is built over experiences, right? So we, we do that with, with chairs. When I go to start my car, now, it's got 200,000 miles on it, so I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping now every time I turn it, it's going to start. So we trust the things that we have repetition in. We also do this with people, right? Okay, so, um, you know, when I teach at the college, so when I have a new class of students to come in there, you know, first day of class, they're extending me trust, and I look at them, and I go, oh, if they only knew, <laughs> okay? So we extend trust to people, but the opposite is also true. We have a list sometimes of people that we, you know, like telemarketers. Do we have a higher trust level of them? Okay, no, because of our experience with them, okay? Um, guys, uh, if you loan out tools, do you have a short list of people you do not list loan out tools to? <laughs> okay, I'm seeing some, seeing some heads nodding. Okay, so based on our experience, we build trust, okay? Now, like Matt, Pastor Matthew said, I was a youth pastor um, for about seven years. I also continue to talk to our college students. So you're not going to get out of this sermon with a little illustration. So I need a, vol- I need a volunteer. And um, she's raising her hand. Now, you don't even know what I'm asking here. So I, I want to demonstrate three levels. That is trust, <laughs> I want to demonstrate three levels of trust, okay? Now, obviously, levels of trust with the Lord are are infinite, right? Because the Word says He's taking us from glory to glory. But you have to, there's there's action involved. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. So I need a volunteer, and this volunteer, first of all, needs to trust me a little bit. It involves falling, me catching, and uh, so if you have that, and being blindfolded. So if you think that uh, you can... Follow along in those parameters. Um, I need I need a volunteer. <laughs> she put her hand down. That's kind of what I thought. All right, come on up, Taylor. Okay, so um, so while she comes on up here, we're gonna start. We're gonna start pretty easy. How many of you have done a trust fall before? Okay, all right, cool. So this is good. So you guys know what's going on. So go ahead and step up here, and then go ahead and stand on the chair. I know this is exciting, isn't it? There you go. Now, nice and easy. Now, normally we don't stand on chairs in church, but this is fun. Is, is that high? Is that, okay, so now, how trust work falls is you're going to trust the person catching, which is going to be me. So what you're going to do is, this is, first thing you're going to do is cross your arms like this, okay, and you'll eventually, we'll turn around here in just a second. And then we're going to do a couple commands to make sure that we're both on the same page. You're going to say, um, are you ready? I'll say, I'm ready. And then you say, I'm falling, and I'll say, fall on, okay? All right, so we're going to try this and see, see how well it works. Okay, so, can you blindfold yourself? Yes, with a shirt. I was going to bring a bandana, but it's tough to, you know, do that with a bandana, so. Yeah, we might need a little bit of help here, so. All right, so the next level we're going to do this is where she's going to get blindfolded, and then, hopefully... And then can you help her back up? Now, you're going to have to get back up on the chair. 
No, I hear some gasps in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've got the camera out. We're videoing. This is going to insta-famous, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> okay. Oh, insurance. Oh. I sh- Do we have a waiver in the back? Okay. All right. Very good. Okay, stand up. Okay, right behind you. Okay, so this is the second level. You've got your arms crossed. Okay, do you remember the commands? Okay. Yep. All right. Okay, last one. You've made it. Good job. Okay, can you help her back up on the chair? Okay, so... She's going to tighten this up. So this is, so now, so you've seen kind of two levels of faith, right? The first level where she could kind of look around and inspect and know that I'm there. The second one, she doesn't know exactly where I am, but because of past practices, she knows where I am, okay? Now, here's the third one. Okay, go ahead and stand up. The third one, the third one is a little trickier. Now, I have no idea. I have no idea what's going to happen here. Okay, you, you ready? Okay. All right, so go ahead and cross your arms. Okay, so this is level three. Do you trust me? (laughs) I felt a little hesitancy in that one. Okay, so you remember the commands, right? Okay, how many in the audience, your heart is beating a little bit right now? Okay, Okay. all right, so go ahead and go through the commands. I'm ready. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to start over. Ready? Ready? Wow, good job. Okay, now you can take off the sh- There you go. I knew it. <laughs> Here, and that's for you. Oh, cool. Okay, so <laughs> I've done that once before, and I just never know how it's going to turn out, right? But put yourself in her situation, you know. Now, Taylor was a student of mine, and so we have a relationship, and there's some trust there, okay? But apply that to your relationship with the Lord, right? Okay, where is your level of trust? Do you trust him for the basic things or do you trust him for everything? Okay, because are you are you are you one of the I will trust the Lord, but I'm going to verify first. Right. Trust and verify. Okay, or is it I'm going to trust him with my eyes closed and with he his voice sounds a little bit different. Okay. It's really important that we think about that. And as I was kind of preparing this. I did really feel like that so, there may be a few of you in here that, that says, I cannot trust the Lord he will, because he will not take care of me, okay? And I just want to say that is a lie. He will take care of you. That is, the word says that he will take care of you. But what happens to grow our trust, it takes action, right? We can grow our trust in the Lord, but it requires us to take a step. Okay? We don't just grow trust by sitting there. I wish that I could get stronger by just looking at the gym, but it doesn't work that way, right? I would love to do that, and the same is true for our trust in the Lord. Our trust and our faith is not going to grow unless we take those steps, but the cool thing is, is the more that we trust him, the more we can trust him with bigger things. Is that right? Okay. And so what happens is we grow into that place of being able to trust him with all our heart. And the, uh, the other thing that is really neat is the Lord never will ask us to do something that we don't have the capacity to do, right? And he always initiates. He created the earth first, right? 
then he sent his son to us. He initiates the relationship. He loved us first, okay? He's not asking you to just, you know, uh, trust a unknown person with your life. He is right there with you, okay? Um, now, you might be able to think about some things that inhibit your ability to trust him, okay? So this is going into part two of this Proverbs. And I think this is something that this was my hindrance in not understanding that scripture at first, okay? This is, the second part is, and do not lean on your own understanding, okay? Anybody struggle? Uh, No, don't raise your hand on that, okay? Do not lean on your own understanding. Where does our understanding reside? Yeah, our minds, right? Okay, why do you think that in Romans 12, 2, it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind? Because um, in our mind, we were born into this world into a natural body, right? This natural body has a resistance to supernatural things, okay? Does that make sense? Okay? And so when we... Um, when we try to figure things out with our own mind, oftentimes we get the wrong idea, the wrong perception. We read Scripture wrongly. That's why it's so important to posture ourselves in a place where we say, Holy Spirit, teach us, okay? Um, So uh, the other thing that is also very interesting about this is that most people do not argue with natural laws, Okay, I didn't see anybody in here fighting against the law of gravity this morning. Okay, I'm going to fly. I'm going to fly. I didn't see anybody doing that. Okay, or trying to claw out of the wall. Nobody's doing that. So because our natural body, we have come into alignment with the natural laws. If we want to understand the supernatural laws, we have to renew our mind and get out of our carnal thinking and get into the spiritual laws. Right? Okay, Um, so now what's interesting is that while we don't have much choice to follow the natural laws, I mean, if we don't follow the natural laws, bad things happen, right? Really bad things happen. Uh, If you jump off a roof and you think that you're going to defy gravity, it's not going to end well for you, okay? But in our spiritual life, we argue a lot with God about spiritual principles. I can say, hey, there's a law of gravity, and everyone would be like, yeah, we're good. I sip over here and I say, love your neighbor. Ooh, have you met my neighbor? Okay. Okay, what, is our, what does my neighbor mean? Uh, how much do I have to love? Like, we enter into this dialogue and all this questioning about these spiritual principles. Now, God is so kind in his goodness, he allows us to grow in understanding. That's why the summer of wisdom is so important because the book of Proverbs is full of wisdom that we need to follow. Okay. Um, the problem is when I approach Scripture and I approach God in my natural body when I, or my natural mind, when I don't understand something, it, uh, it can build a wall between me and God, right? Okay? And that's what happened with me in that passage in the book of Exodus that I started with. It, and so if our posture is such like, you know, coming at, God, this doesn't make any sense. Moses needed you. He was wandering, He was a shepherd. He was in a low place. Some of you here this morning have felt that way. You felt that you were in a low place, and you're like, God, I just need you. 
but you felt like he was saying, worship me. And you're like, that's not what I need right now. Because we approach God from a carnal mind rather than, God, teach me. Give me understanding. It doesn't feel good what you're doing right now. And I know what I think I need, but God may have a different plan, right? (laughs) All right. So it's important that when we come across the supernatural principle that we don't understand in the word, that we don't just chuck it off or get mad, but we sit in it. Does that make sense? We come closer. If we don't understand or if something makes us angry, because there's, there's, the, the Exodus verse is not the only one that's made me a little frustrated with God, okay? Just going to be honest about that. But if I just sit with him and I say, God, help me understand. Now, I may not get that understanding for years, but I've postured myself to be in a place where I can receive. Because otherwise, it's a wall. If I'm in my carnal mind and I'm, I'm building up resistance, I'm building a wall. But if we posture, if you're taking notes, the posture of our heart determines if unanswered questions becomes walls or doorways. Because when you get the revelation that he wants to give to you, it will propel you into the, in, further into the destiny that he's called you to. Okay? Um, and, of course, you've probably uh, heard the scripture, Isaiah 55, 8, 9. It says, for my thoughts are, are not your ways, nor my ways. I'm sorry. For your thoughts are not my thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. Why do we, in our carnal mind, we are trying to draw God down instead of saying, God, would you, would you bring me up? Would you show me? the higher way? Will you show me your understanding? We try to bring God down into our finite mind. Does that even make sense? Like, have you thought about that? Like, God, explain it to me. And he's like, scientists don't even understand gravity. Why do you think you would? Right? You, we, some of the truths we may just not have the capacity for. That's why it's critical, this second part, that we say, we acknowledge him, I'm sorry, that we do not lean on our own understanding as we're growing in him, okay? Um, So the third part that I want to talk about of our scripture is, in all your ways acknowledge him. So I was thinking about this one a lot, and I was like, God, what does this look like? What does this mean? And what I felt like he spoke to me was like, when you acknowledge me, you draw me in. You draw me into your situation. I think there's a lot of people who think that maybe God doesn't care about our flat tire or God doesn't care about, you know, the grocery bill or God, you know, God's really big. He's got important things to do, you know, North Korea and all stuff, you know, all that, Middle East, you know. He's got important things. He doesn't care about this stuff, but he does. He cares about everything that is going on in our lives. And so when we acknowledge him, we just bring him into the situation. We say, uh, we, we invite him in. I grew up in a denomination that when they preached, to me, it sounded like God was a bit of a distant God, okay? Sounded like he was either mad, and if he wasn't mad, then he was sad because we were always screwing up. It was kind of one of the two, right? And so that is part of my background approaching Scripture. Well, I got mad in Exodus because I was like, God, you're just, this, you know, I didn't want him to be, and I didn't believe he was that way. I just didn't understand so when we bring him in, uh, we acknowledge him. The other thing that happens when we acknowledge him in all, of our, in all of our ways is we begin to build trust in him. 
Because if we don't invite him into all of our ways, who do we begin trusting? Okay? When we forget, you know, when we do a really good job at work, man, I really handled that well. We start building trust in ourselves, and we sometimes forget that God is the one that gave us our intellect, our personality, our skills, our all of those things, right? And so it's really important that as we're walking, that we acknowledge him in everything that we do, because again, this is about posturing our hearts in a place that we that is close to Jesus. Um, so, so then the last thing is the promise, okay? So those are the three parts. Do you remember what they are? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways. And then the promise. And this is what I love. It's, and he will make your path straight. Now, come on. That is awesome. He showed us exactly how to, well, not exactly, but he told us the three parts that we need to walk in to have a straight path. Now, does straight path mean easy? No, not necessarily. In 2008, I hiked across the country from Georgia to Maine, okay? And I know it's weird, but we can talk about that later. But there's plenty of mountains where I could look up and I could see the top, and the path was straight up, <laughs> okay? All right? So just because you said, you know, as believers, making a straight path does not mean an easy path, right? Okay? Um, Now, really quickly, without going into a full Hebrew lesson, um, there's really a cool Hebrew twist on this this passage that says, and he will make your path straight. Um, The the word picture that is created by the Hebrew letters that make up path is this. It says, the paths of the Lord are fenced in with light. How cool is that? I thought that was super cool um, that... Everything, if we are listening, if we are trusting him, acknowledging him, leaning not on our own understanding, that our path will be lit, okay? It doesn't say it'll be easy. It doesn't say we'll necessarily like it, but we'll know where we're going. And, and sometimes we can see far ahead, and sometimes there's only enough light to take the next step, right? <laughs> okay? So, and then that, <laughs> if we can only see the next step, that's when we revert back to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't try to figure it out. Acknowledge him. And he will continue to keep that on the path. So, now, um, is this the only reason to, to do those three just so we can have a straight path for yourself? That's a good reason, right? But I wanted to, I, I just want to encourage you to remember that we are all in this together, right? We grow, if you grow, we grow. We are a body of believers, and I just want to kind of take a minute to, to kind of talk about our identity. The Lord has been speaking to me a lot about the identity crisis that we have in the, the big C church. Do you realize that you are his sons and daughters? Like, think about that. Like, do we think about that when we get out of bed? We are his sons and daughters. Okay, we have been called. He has chosen us for this time. He could have put us in any time in history, right? Okay, but this time, and I'm glad I wasn't, <laughs> I'm glad we have running water and electricity, not going to lie. Okay, thank you, Jesus. Okay, but so it's so critical that we lean into this because it's not just about you. It's about, it's about your neighbor. It's about your city. It's about an area. And not only that, it's a lot more fun. It's an adventure with the Lord when you really trust him with all your heart. 
I mean, Taylor was a great example. Uh, I don't know if she would consider that an adventure, but, <laughs> but, I'm, but you don't know where the Lord is going to take you. When you've got it all figured out, now that might be comfortable for some of you, right? I've got it all figured out. It makes me uncomfortable when the Lord takes us a little different direction, okay? But it is vital as a community, as a body of believers, that we walk in the, in the trust of the Lord and because he wants to, to open up your heart, because remember, that's the invitation, is he wants to draw close to us, okay? So, as I'm wrapping up, and, um, you know, let's see, is Greg around? Greg, if you want to kind of come down. So, I'm going to kind of wrap this up with the end of the story. Um, so, with, with me and God and the story of Moses and my frustration, I finally, after a long time of leaning in, I'm talking this is over a period of years, every time I would come to that, that verse or I'd hear somebody preach on that, it's kind of that, you know, I just get so frustrated at God. God, your word says that you are kind. Your word says that you are good, and I know you are. Why did you treat Moses like this? Why did you treat him in such a way that seemed very distant? Moses, and then he says, stop, take your shoes off. You're on holy ground. Worship me. That's what I, how I read it. And then once I finally was in a posture, I was reading I, in a healthy posture. I wasn't resisting the Lord. I was really saying, God, I want to know you. I want to understand. I want to have understanding. Take me deeper. And I was reading this passage, and I finally said, Lord, okay, I want to know. And I was reading this passage. And I read over this, the, the Exodus verse that said, Moses, he says, do not come here. Remove your sandals from your feet for the place on which you're standing is holy ground. And I heard this whisper. And he said, Clayton, what do you think is the dirtiest part of a shepherd? I'd never thought about that before. I don't know any shepherds. But I assume that the dirtiest part of the shepherd is their feet. And then it hit me. What I thought was God demanding worship from Moses was actually God saying, Moses, I want you to, I want you to remove the hindrance that is blocking the dirtiest part of you. All of the lies, all of the doubts, all of the fears. Take your sandals off and I want you on the cleanest part of me. And so this morning as we are, as you kind of thinking about these things that we've talked about in Proverbs. Do you have things that you, walls that you have built up between you and the Lord? Have you believed lies between you and the Lord? Have you believed the lies that says, you know, um, I had a promise 20 years ago, but it still hasn't happened. Or I've made too many mistakes. The Lord will not be able to use me. Or, you know, name, I, I, the list is, is countless, the lies that the enemy will tell us. So as we stand, if you'll stand with us. I want to pray, on, I want to pray, and as you close your eyes, I really would like for you just to kind of think about, have you postured your heart in any way that would allow fear, doubt, anything to keep you from standing on holy ground between you and the Father. And if you have, we're going to take just a minute and just offer that up to him. 
first step in trust. Say, God, I don't understand this. I don't know how to get rid of this wall, but I trust you. I think you can do it. I believe that you can do it. I want you to do it.